0: All right, and welcome everybody to Agent Investor. Agent Investor is the only brand that focuses on helping real estate agents get off the real estate roller coaster. If you were like me back in the day when I was an agent, my income was always going up and down and up and down. And I would always start the year worried Am I going to have enough deals this year? Am I going to be able to stay in business? Am I going to have enough money? To provide for myself and my family. Investing changed my life, and the principles that we teach at Agent Investor will change yours as well. At Agent Investor, we're not gonna tell you to quit selling real estate. We're gonna encourage you to sell real estate, but we're going to make sure that you are not only helping other people buy properties, but that you're buying properties yourself for long term wealth. So today's topic is actually one that I wish I did a long time ago because it hit me the other day. I do calls with real estate agents each and every week, investing calls, especially with people that are newer to the inner circle or people that will refer to me and want to learn more about the inner circle. And I realized on Wednesday of this week that I have almost the same exact conversation with almost every single agent that I talked to. So I felt like the advice that I give to probably nine out of 10 agents um, that I talked to on the phone is something worth discussing. Uh, Not that I don't want you to jump on calls with me, not that I don't want you to reach out to me uh, via Facebook Messenger, especially if you're an Inner Circle member. But again, it hit me on Wednesday that I... I'm kind of repeating the same thing over and over again to a bunch of different people. So rather than do that, I want to share with you the conversation that I have with 9 out of 10 agents. So like I mentioned, saying that this is the advice that I give 9 out of 10 people, there is obviously 1 out of every 10 people that I talk to that the advice is a little different. So I want to kind of just tell you the type of person that I typically talk to, that 90%, that nine out of 10 person. I want to talk about what they tell me, and I want to talk about what I tell them in return. So, in general, especially when I am first talking to a real estate agent who's joined the inner circle or just in conversation in general, typically what I'm hearing from the agent is something along the lines of I've been selling real estate for X number of years. I like selling real estate, but I'm a little bit frustrated. I'm a little bit frustrated with my income going up and down. I'm a little bit nervous about the market this year. I don't love the fact that I'm working nights and weekends. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but something along the lines of I jumped on one of your webinars, I jumped on one of your podcasts, I went to somebody else's seminar, I went to your seminar, I read a real estate investing book and realized that not only do I want to help people buy and sell real estate, but I want to become a real estate investor myself. And I want to own assets that are gonna throw off passive income each and every month so that at the beginning of every year, I have guaranteed monthly income coming in. Most people tell me that they want somewhere around six figures of passive income. Of course, everybody's a little bit different, but we're talking about 90% of people. 90% of people tell me that after reading this, you know, real estate book, after attending this webinar, after coming to one of my seminars, after listening to a podcast, that they want passive income, they want to own assets and they want passive income and they want to earn six figures doing that and continue to sell real estate, but continue to sell real estate more on their terms. Okay. So. This in general, in a nutshell, is what 90% of people tell me. And again, what 90% of all agents tell me is that they don't know how to do that, right? Because most of the books that are out there, whether you're like me in 2003, when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or many other books, many other seminars, you get the idea in your head, wouldn't it be great to own assets that are throwing off monthly income, assets where the ranks go up over time? assets where the property values go up up over time. But in a lot of cases, people don't know what the first step to that is. And in fact, over 90% of the agents that I talk to think in their head that the biggest roadblock that they have to achieving financial freedom, to owning these assets, to throwing off this passive income is money. They believe that they don't yet have the down payment to buy these assets. And by the way, the asset that they talk to me about is irrelevant. Sometimes people will talk to me about owning small multifamilies. Sometimes people will talk to me about owning apartment buildings. Sometimes people will talk to me about owning condos. Sometimes people will talk to me about owning short-term rentals. Sometimes people will call me or talk to me about owning mobile home parks. It really doesn't matter what the asset class is. But they believe that they know if they could own these assets, they would earn enough money passively to give themselves financial freedom. But the the biggest roadblock that they run into is money. So in most cases, most of the people are at step one in the investing process, which is that they know what investing can do for them, or at least they have an idea of what investing can do for them in their head. And they, they don't know kind of the first step from there. Okay. So if you don't fit into that bucket, I still encourage you to listen to this episode. I still encourage you to tune in. But if for whatever reason, you don't fit into that bucket, um, if you've already been investing for 10 plus years, or you have a super high net worth, the stuff that we talk about today may not pertain to you as much. But if you are a real estate agent who likes selling real estate, wants to earn passive income, but doesn't really know the first step in order to do that. This episode is essentially for you. Now, I told you in the be- just a few minutes ago that I got that spark, right? I was a real estate agent, and I read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in 2003. And I remember how excited I got about thinking about honing assets that were going to pay me month after month. And after reading that book, after reading the entire book, I realized I had no idea what to do because I was in the same predicament as these quote unquote, 90% of agents that reach out to me, that have the conversation with me. And I believed like they did, or they do that money is my obstacle. And the conversation that I have with almost every single agent, 90% of agents that I talk to is that money is not actually your problem. I'm going to repeat that statement again, because it is 100% factually true. For 90% of agents that want to achieve financial freedom, want to own assets, want to build wealth, their biggest obstacle is not that they don't have money. Their biggest obstacle is that they don't have deals. Okay? And I'm going to spend a couple of minutes explaining why that that is the case. Now, I know that if you're a podcast listener, a Facebook listener, if you have followed me, you're on my email list, or you follow me on Facebook or any other social media platform, you know that we have this agent partnership investment platform, right? That we will partner with agents if they bring us deals. Meaning that if you are an agent that comes across a great deal, you come across a fix and flip deal, a quick turn deal, a deal that can be turned over, you can reach out to us. We'll put put up the money. We'll do the construction and we'll split the profits with you 50-50. Now, most of you know that. Now, if you don't, maybe that's news to you. Of course, we can have that conversation another day about exactly how that program works. Biggest thing there to know is if you come across any opportunity to fix and flip a home and you reach out to me and it's a deal we can be profitable on, we'll put up the money, we'll do the construction, we'll split the profits 50-50 and our typical deals average between a 50 and $100,000 profit, which means that on average, you are going to earn a $25,000 to $50,000 check just for referring us a deal. You might be asking, like I asked myself back in 2009 when I did my first investing deal, 13 Cameron Ave in Somerville, Massachusetts, the deal, by the way, that my brokerage Cameron real estate group is named after. When I did that first deal, I did a wholesale deal and I made $115,000. It took me six years to do my first deal from 2003 reading that Rich Dad Poor Dad book until doing my first deal in 2009. There's a lot of reasons why it took me a long time to do, namely that I didn't have a mentor, but if you had told me in 2003 after reading that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, that I would have flipped over 1,200 homes, you know, whatever it is now, uh, 14, 15 years later, I would have thought that you were crazy. I would have said, that goes against pretty much every one of my goals that I have in my head right now. Again, goals I had in my head are the same as the 90% of agents that reach out to me, which is that I want to own assets. I want passive income. I want to make my life better for myself and my family. Why then flip homes? Why have I flipped that many homes? Why do I partner with agents? And the answer is really simple. In order to get that capital that you need for down payments, the easiest way to do it is to flip homes. Now, again, I am not suggesting that anybody who's listening to this right now go raise capital to flip deals or build up construction crews in order to get deals. That is why we have implemented the agent-investor partnership model. Okay, You don't have to do that. All that you need to do is find deals. The reason that that's important is because if you're like me and you're like the 90% of agents that I talk to, selling homes alone doesn't allow you to save much money. In fact, there can be years where you might go backwards. You might have a tough year. You might dip into your savings. Maybe the next year you have a really good year, but you still don't have enough money to really save up a bunch in order to have a down payment on a property. When you get cut a check for $25, $30, $40, $50,000, that money is saved immediately, right? You've got that money to use however you want. And depending on the type of asset you buy, doing one or two of those deals will likely be enough money in order for a down payment to buy an asset. And that is the model, by the way, that again, nine out of 10 investors that I know that own large multifamily portfolios do and practice and follow, okay? There are more advanced strategies that I could be talking about. But again, we're talking about nine out of 10. Nine out of 10 people that accumulate you know, call it 50 or hundred units, nine out of 10 of them are flipping homes for big chunks of income, using those big chunks of income to put down on these assets. Those assets appreciate over time. They follow the Burr strategy. They buy those assets. Maybe they put a little bit of money into them. They rent them out. They renovate them. They, they refinance them and get their money back out and continue moving on. But that model, the burn model, where you're buying an asset and basically tr- adding value, turning over, you have to start with one or two or three to start. right? You've got to get those assets under, under contract, under management to start in order for the time to start ticking for you to get enough appreciation or add enough value to then be able to refi, pull your money back out, and then put your money into another asset. I'm going to spend just really one quick second to talk about the BRRRR strategy because I think it's really important here when we're talking about what 9 out of 10 agents are coming to me for. 9 out of 10 agents are saying, how do I get that $100,000 of passive income? Well, I typically look at the math and I say, okay, on average for the types of properties that I buy, I'm going to cash flow somewhere around $500 per, per unit. I buy, and in the market that I'm in, in the Greater Boston market, that typically means you're going to buy a three or four unit property. Let's call it a four unit property to to say the math is really easy. So if we're a cash flowing five hundred dollars per month, and these are rough numbers, these are averages from our portfolio, but I want to give you guys a sense of how to build up that hundred thousand dollars per year of passive income that nine out of ten agents want. So if we have $500 per month, and on average, we're buying four units at a time, we are getting $2,000 per month of passive income on every one of these assets that we're buying. So let's do the really, really rough math. What do we need? How many of these assets do we need? How many units do we need to have about six figures of passive income? Well, if we want to get to $10,000 a month, roughly, of passive income, and each one of these assets these four unit assets throws off somewhere around $2,000 per month. That means that we need five of these buildings, right? We need about 20 units in total, somewhere around 20 units in total. In some ways, that might seem like a really big number for some people. In some ways, that might seem like a very small amount. You might be surprised at how many, how few units You need in order to become financially independent. And again, we're talking about how to get to six figures of passive income, which is a goal that most people would be pretty happy to achieve. Doesn't mean you have to stop there, but you have to get there, right? So again, going back to kind of, you know, the premise of this whole conversation that I have with most agents, most agents, when they jump on the call with me, they tell me that they want that six figures of income passive income, they want to own assets, but they feel like they don't have enough money. So we need to be able to get big chunks of income in order to use for down payments on these assets so that these assets that we buy over time are going to appreciate and then we can pull money from those assets to buy more. But let's just say we already talked about the fact that we need 20 units. We might need to buy about four, I'm sorry, five four unit apartment buildings in order to get there. That means that we've got to have down payments for all five of those. And then over the course of time, if we follow the first strategy over the course of time, those five assets or those 20 units are going to kind of grow on their own. Meaning that if you buy, if you had bought 20 units today, you bought five, four families today, let's say that they were all valued at a million bucks today, just rough numbers, kind of Boston numbers, of course, if you're in a different market, your numbers are going to be a little bit different. But over the course of time, if you get an appreciation of, call it 3% per year, each one of those properties is going to go up by $30,000 per year. And over the course of about six years, you're going to get enough equity in those deals to then be able to pull out 20%, right? Call it three, three and a half percent per year, Over the course of a five-year period, all of those assets are going to be able to be refied if you want, and you can take that money to buy more assets. Again, if we were lucky enough to buy five, four-unit buildings today, in five to six years, we would theoretically, if the market goes up three and a half, four percent per year, in five, six years, we would be able to pull money out of each one of them. And we would literally be able to double our portfolio, right? We would be able to take those 10 units, right? I'm sorry, those 20 units and turn them into 40 units overnight. Now, again, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about is a little bit hypothetical, but I think if you follow the logic here, it's gonna make a lot of sense. I am sure that there are some people out here that will say, hey, I cash flow more than $500 per unit. Hey, Um, I've got a different strategy that's a little bit better. I have assets that maybe will return a little bit more, a little bit less, kind of doesn't matter. Because again, we're going back to square one. We're going back to the conversation that I have with nine out of 10 agents, which is I read the book, I went to the seminar, I want the six figures of passive income. And that goes to how do you get those down payments? Because you've got to get those down payments. Yes, you could maybe finagle like one or two via FHA, But even still, even if you do FHA, even if you figure out a way to do a lower down payment, 3% down payment, a 5% down payment, you still need that down payment money. So what is the absolute easiest way and best way to get there? Well, it's to figure out how to find discounted deals and either do the flips yourself, keep 100% of the income, or partner with us and get 50% of that income and continue to market over and over and over again. And so what I tell people that I've already said in the beginning is that most agents do not have a money problem, they have a deal problem. So at that point, right, I always see in the conversation, whether I'm on a Zoom or in person or whatever, I always kind of see a light bulb go off because in most cases, what I just explained to everybody who's listening makes a lot of sense. And then the light bulb goes off to say, well, if I have a deal finding problem, then how do I go about finding deals, right? If I know that if I find a discounted property to flip, that Tom and his team will put up the money, do the construction and split the profits with me 50-50, how do I then go about actually producing these deals, right? Then I go into the next phase of the conversation. And the next phase of the conversation is deal finding. Now, I have created and I've done seminars on deal finding. I've got a podcast episode on how to find killer off-market deals. We provide a lot of resources in order to find that. I don't have time to do a whole three-hour seminar right now, but I am going to give you guys the high level of this. And again, this is what most of my conversations sound like. The first thing I say is go back. And find that podcast episode, How to Find Killer Off-Market Deals, right? You can find it on agentinvestorpodcast.com. Listen to it, right? Really digest it. But it really boils down to this. If you are trying to find killer off-market deals, you need to generate seller appointments. And the metric that you need to use, that you need to measure your success against if you are following this agent investor model is you need to figure out how to get seller appointments each and every week. In the beginning, I wouldn't worry too much about how many you need. I wouldn't get overcomplicated about it. I would just try to get one, right? And then when you're getting one per week, try to get two. When you're getting two per week, try to get three. But let's talk about the strategies that you need to implement in order to do it. When we are talking about finding off-market deals, and getting seller appointments, getting into the living room of people who want to sell their houses, which by the way, for everybody that's an agent, is also gonna produce a lot of listings. But let's talk about the strategies that are gonna get us face-to-face with sellers. So I always tell people the same thing. You can either spend time or money. When we are talking about spending money, most people don't realize how much money that you need to spend in order to generate a seller appointment. Now, every market is going to be a little bit different, but in general, the only things that really work really well in order to get seller appointments are sending mailers, like we want to buy your house for cash type mailers, pay-per-click, where somebody types into a Google search bar and says, sell my house fast, or we buy houses. Those are the two main ones. And yes, we could talk about like our company has run TV, we've done billboards, we've done a lot of other higher uh, cost things, but for most real estate agents, it's either going to be pay-per-click or it's going to be mailers. Now, on average for our company, it costs us between $800 and $1,000 in order to get one seller appointment. And in general, if you're going to spend money to generate seller appointments, you want to do deals, you want to flip homes, or you want to partner with us. In my opinion, you've got to have at least a two, three, four thousand dollars a month marketing budget. Now I know as I say this, I know as I say two, three, four thousand dollars a month in a marketing budget. I know that for many people that's not doable. For the people that it is doable for, not only do you have to be able to do it, but you've got to spend the money for at least six months. In order to even analyze if you're getting results, and so we're talking about the 90%, right? 90% of people are going to hear that, and they are going to say that they don't want to spend money or they can't spend money. So if you feel if you fit into that category, either you don't have the two, three, four thousand dollars per month, or you have it but you don't want to spend it, that's okay. You have got to get 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 out there yourself and generate these opportunities with your time. Now, I, I do want to say something really quick because this comes up in every conversation that I have when I talk about either spending time or spending money. And what comes up every single time is, well, what if I just spent $200 a month? What if I spent $300 per month? The analogy that I always give is it's like scratching a scratch ticket. And if you said to me like, hey, I need to hit for $10,000. The only way I can get it is by scratching a scratch ticket. You're essentially saying to me by having a two, dollars $300 a month marketing budget, okay, I'm going to scratch one $1 scratch ticket per month, and eventually I'm going to hit for $10,000. I would argue that while that is possible, you can definitely scratch one scratch ticket per month, and somebody might hit for $10,000. It is statistically improbable that you are going to be successful doing that. Which is why if I'm running a business and I have big goals and I want to achieve my goals, I don't want to be scratching a $1 scratch ticket per month. I want to guarantee success or come as close to guaranteeing success as I possibly can. Okay, You can do whatever you want. This is your business. But I can tell you that I have never seen anybody have a couple hundred dollar a month marketing budget for seller leads, seller appointments. And really crush it, okay? Just because it's statistically very difficult. So if you're listening and you're saying, yeah, I pick up what you're putting down and I want to spend time. Let's talk about the strategies that we can implement in order to find deals using time. Okay, so when we're talking about spending time, you have got to commit at least a couple hours a day if you're going to spend time. Now, I know that many people don't have a lot of extra time. But I would argue that if you're an agent, doing the things I'm going to talk about are the stuff that maybe you should be doing anyways in order to generate seller appointments for your listing-based business. So realistically, anything that I'm going to talk about in the next five to 10 minutes is not going to take away from your agent business. In fact, it's only going to help it, right? Because if you're generating seller appointments and you're getting into the living room with the seller and you are able to give them a cash offer option and potentially a listing option, you are going to either get a listing, and in my market, that probably means you're going to earn on average a $10,000 commission, or you're going to do a fix and flip deal, which if you do it on your own, you're going to earn between $50,000 and $100,000. If you partner with us, you're going to earn between $25,000 and $50,000. All that you're really doing And again, we're doing all of this to get big chunks of money to put down on assets. Those assets are going to pay us and produce passive income, which is really why we got so excited after reading that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book or coming to one of my seminars or coming to somebody's seminar. So if you're going to spend time, then you've got to figure out how are you going to generate those seller appointments every week? There are only a few things that work, right? anything that's outside of what i talk about right now in order to generate seller appointments is going to be sporadic to me it's not building a business and it's going to be not that that effective okay so the first way to do it is through your soi okay most of the deals that agents send me are through their soi most real estate agents do not even have their eyes open for investing opportunities. It's why the agent investor brand exists. So it's like the reticular activating system in your brain. Like I got it. I literally got a new car this week, a brand new sweet black minivan. Got four kids, a new Honda Odyssey, black Honda Odyssey. Now that I have that black Honda Odyssey, do you know what I'm going to see more of on the road? I am going to see more Honda Odysseys because I my brain recognizes that as a vehicle. Now, now I'm going to see them all over the place. There were no more Honda Odysseys on the road after I bought this Honda Odyssey this week, but I'm going to see more of them. It's the same thing with finding deals through your sphere. In general, most agents come across one or two investing deals per year. And most of the time, they don't even realize that they came across it. Just like the Honda Odyssey that I bought this week, Before I bought the Honda Odyssey, there were Honda Odysseys all over the road that I didn't pay any attention to, didn't pay any mind to. Moving forward, now that I have a Honda CRV, a a Honda Odyssey, I had a CRV probably 10 years ago, but um, now that I have a Honda Odyssey, I'm going to see them more on the road. So the first step to getting deals from your SOI is to be tuned in to all of this stuff. What does that mean? That means listening to our podcast episodes. That means getting in the inner circle. If you have the ability, that means tuning into our live streams. That means opening my emails. That means following me on Facebook, not because you love me, but because you need that reminder to always be looking for deals. If the average agent comes across one or two deals a year and the average profit you're going to make is between 25 and $50,000 per year by partnering with us, you may make $50,000 per year just by keeping your eyes and your ears open. Now, when I say your SOI, I'm not automatically just talking about the people that you're that are your, you know, your clients. I'm not necessarily just talking about your database and your friends and stuff like that, although those people are great. I'm also talking about your referral partners. I'm talking about the attorneys that you work with. I'm talking about the mortgage brokers that you work with. I'm talking about anybody that's in your network. Do the people in your network know that you have the ability to provide a cash offer? I would venture to guess that almost nobody that's listening, anyone in their SOI probably knows that. And why? It's because, like they say, don't be a secret agent. You are likely a secret agent investor. You are likely, if you're one of the nine out of 10 people that I talk to every week, You want to invest, or maybe you're doing a little bit of investing, but you're not actually telling anybody that you're investing. So what happens when you don't tell anybody that you're investing is the next time that somebody in your sphere gets a beat up property, inherits a home, is going through a divorce. They're going to probably call me and not you because they don't think that you can even handle that situation. I know that sounds bizarre, but it's true. Almost every seller appointment, our team goes on over 100 seller appointments per week on almost every single one of those appointments. We sit down at the kitchen table with the seller. The seller tells us, you're the cash offer person. If you can provide me with an offer that makes sense for me, I'm gonna sell to you. If for whatever reason, you can't make me an offer that works for me, oh, by the way, I'm gonna tell, call my friend who's an agent. Now, why do sellers think that way? Well, for one thing, most most sellers view us that are providing the cash offer as a way to save on commission, which it is. When a seller sells direct to a home buyer, there's no commissions to be paid. So they're typically calling us first because they want to know the price that we can pay if there's no commission. They typically call their friend who's the agent second. And I'm talking about cases where the house needs some work, where there is a divorce, where there's a death in the family, by you as the agent, letting your sphere of influence know through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use, through LinkedIn, through emails, through mailers, through conversations that you're also looking for deals to buy. You will get a lead or two a year, not a lead, a deal or two a year. But again, don't forget about the other people that are in your sphere, right? Attorneys come across these deals all the time. Who do they refer them to? Who knows? We get deals referred to us probably once a month by an agent who has an attorney relationship. Same thing with mortgage brokers. I mean, you guys who are agents have much better industry contacts, and you would know your Rolodex a little bit better than me. Just by doing that, just by not being a secret agent investor, just by letting the people in your sphere and your referral partners and all all of that know that you're looking to buy a house, you could do one or two a year, okay? I don't want to exaggerate how many you could potentially do, but I, I will tell you that there are agents who have already referred us three deals in the first 12 months that we've been doing this program. Why? Because they're now actively looking. Why? Because they're out telling people that they're looking for deals. Why? Because they have seller appointments, because they're active listing agents. Okay. All right. So that's your SOI. The next thing I want to talk about are the prospecting ways. Now, we all know prospecting, you know, isn't that fun. You know, it's it's just one of those things that none of us really love to do. But I will tell you that when I first started in this business, I would go around a town it called Malden, Malden, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston. And I would door knock all day long. Okay. I I would go out. I remember doing this in the summer. I would go out for three or four hours a day, every day, five days a week. And I would just go until I got like, I don't want to say too tired, but tired enough that I said, okay, I'm kind of done for the day. And every single week. And I'm just talking about one example of a way you can prospect. But every single week that I would go around, knock on a door and leave a door hanger, I would get one to two appointments. That is, by the way, a completely free way to get appointments every single week. I promise you, you'll get them. It's not a complicated you know, value proposition. Everybody wants to know what their home is worth. And if somebody is thinking about selling their house, they would like to know what a cash buyer is willing to pay. Right. Even if they don't use you, even if they don't sell to you, everybody's curious about what that cash offer is going to be. So, you know, one thing I say to people when it comes to prospecting or getting seller appointments is you have to do what you're willing to do. Meaning sometimes if you decide that door knocking is your thing, maybe it means you're not actually knocking on the doors. Maybe it means you're just leaving behind door hangers. If you just left behind door hangers on every single door, In areas where you want to fix and flip homes, I promise you you will get calls. Promise you. So that's one way is door knocking. The second is cold calling. Now again, I don't have you know time to talk about how to be compliant cold calling, who to call. You know, we do we've done so much training on this stuff in the past. Some people cannot picture themselves out, you know, on the road, knocking on doors every day or leaving door hangers. Some people would feel much more comfortable locking themselves in a room making phone calls all day. If that's you, not that you're going to love it, right? You know, there's nobody that's listening to this that's going to love making 100 phone calls a day. If you are able to discipline yourself to make 100 or 150 calls a day, and you do that five days a week for a couple hours a day, you're going to get a couple of seller appointments per week. Through our Agent Investor Referral Program, Agent Partnership Program, we will go on the appointments with you. As long as you're in New England, as long as you're within two, two and a half hours of Boston, we'll go on the appointment with you. If you're outside of our market and you're in the inner circle, we will help you anyways. We will still still do a phone call. We can help you estimate repairs through pictures and stuff like that. Don't worry about that part. Worry about getting the appointment. The third way to do this is through text message marketing. Now, again, I don't have time to talk about how to be text message compliant there are companies out there like an example would be lead sherpa is an example of a company that will teach you how to send text messages compliantly to generate seller appointments if you are somebody who loves sending text messages who loves being on their phone and can see yourself blasting out you know 500 text messages a day and replying back to people and booking phone co- booking appointments that way you can easily book two or three appointments a week just by that method. And the last method that I want to talk about is proactively building out an agent referral network. So what I know about this reticular activating system that I talked about with my Honda Odyssey is that most real estate agents are not trained to look for deals. In fact, when most real estate agents find deals, they typically don't think to even do anything with them. Some of our best deals Are agents getting deals from other agents? I know that's going to sound weird, but what is a common occurrence is you may have a very retail-minded, retail-oriented agent who isn't interested in investing at all. Maybe they're a top listing agent in your area. And then all of a sudden they get this referral for this beat up property, the type of property that they don't like listing. The type of property that when they walk in and they look at that property, they're kind of disgusted. You know, they're kind of turned off. They're like, I don't even know if I want to take this listing, but I have to because it's a referral. I have so many agents sending me leads like that on a weekly basis, not from that agent, but from an agent that they know that came across that opportunity, right? Because again, the agent that gets a lot of appointments per week or per month, sells a lot of homes, who has no interest in investing, like they're not listening to the Agent Investor podcast. They're not following me. They're not even thinking about those as opportunities. A lot of times they're thinking about those as their worst listings. Why? Well, first of all, they're going to be typically their lowest price listings. You know, around greater Boston, if an agent has an average price point of say $800,000 and then they get this beat up property that smells and needs a lot of work, That might be a $400,000 or $200,000 or a $300,000 deal. So if you are proactively going out and approaching these agents and treating those people like they're in your sphere, letting them know that you're looking for deals, you will come across opportunities. Another thing that's common now that we're getting a bunch of referrals inbound for is through offices that have kind of like a coming soon internally. Where agents at bigger companies have access to all of these properties before they hit the MLS. And it's not uncommon, again, not for the agent that posted the coming soon on their company's website, but for another agent that's an agent investor or somebody who follows our podcast to see that property and bring that deal to us. But you can do a lot more aggressive things than just that. Like you can do all this stuff passively. You know, you can, you can kind of do a lot of this passively, have your reticular activating system on, you know, kind of look for deals a little bit. You'll probably find one or two of these deals a year, or like we're talking about with the prospecting and getting uh, more assertive and spending more time, you could do not one or two per year, but three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 per year if you put your mind to it. And when I say put your mind to it, either put your money to it, like we talked about with mailers or pay-per-click or put your time to it with door knocking or cold calling or cold texting or building up an agent referral network. All right. I've covered a lot, but I have to say this is what most conversations sound like with most agents. 90% of agents that I talk to because most people are in the same boat. Like when I started out um, reading that book, rich dad, poor dad in 2003, I was broke. I had no money. My parents had no money. I like to tell people I grew up poor, but like, you know, it wasn't like I didn't eat food. I just, you know, I had shelter. I had food. I had the basic necessities. What I didn't have was I didn't have parents or family members that were able to say, hey, Tom, I know you just read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know you want to go out and buy assets. Here's $100,000 to get you started. Okay. I didn't have that. Most people don't. Nine out of 10 don't. Nine out of 10 don't. And that's okay. Because again, like I mentioned in the onset of this episode, your problem isn't the money, right? That's the mental problem. That's the mental block that most people have. The problem is that you don't have a deal. If you had a deal, you could convert that deal into a partner deal with us. So you don't need any money, right? So you have to get over that. And, and again, that's like another thing that I hammer home. And that's a big part of the conversation a lot of times because- Most people don't realize how easy that can be. They mistakenly think that it's going to be really easy to find a deal and really hard to find the money when it's actually somewhat hard to find the deal and very easy to find the money. Especially, you know, as I'm recording this January, 2024, everybody's out there looking for deals and a lot of people have money. So a lot of people like myself, I'm willing to partner with anybody who finds us a deal. And again, why are we doing this? Well, you need big chunks of income to then buy the assets you want. Whether that's a long, uh, a short-term rental, a long-term rental, a condo, whatever asset you want to own that's going to throw off the passive income, that's going to make your life a lot easier, is what you need to be doing. So again, this is most of the conversation that I have. And then I usually talk a little bit about the metrics, right? Most people, after hearing what I just said, they have a general concept of what they need to be doing, but that's not enough. It's not enough to know how you might kind of sort of could get deals, right? To me, if you want to take this seriously, if you really want to build wealth, it's not very hard, but you have to do certain things. Certain things are non-negotiable. And one of the things that I tell people, and it's true that it's non-negotiable, is having numbers that you track every week and measure them. And for almost every agent that I talk to, the 9 out of 10, the 90%, that metric needs to be how many seller appointments that I get this week. And every single time that I jump on a call with 90% of the agents who, who tell me stuff, they list off all of these other things that are far lower on their priority list. Things that I like to call, they're kind of like, I don't know if this is, this is the right word. It is the right word. They're distractions. There are things, because we are self-employed and because we are human, we tend to try to find things to do that are not painful, but yet are acceptable in our brains that are considered work. I'm going to say that again, because this is like nine out of 10 people that I talk to have this problem, and I have it too. We all have it. We're all human. We are literally bred, right? to go to pleasure and avoid pain, okay? That is in our nature. There is no human that is the opposite of that, right? Our brains to survive say, avoid pain, go to pleasure. If you don't have that in your brain, there's something wrong. And where that comes up is that going back to the metric that's the most important thing that you need to focus on and look at every week, which is how many seller appointments that I get, that's pain, Getting that seller appointment is always going to bring pain. Now, I don't mean like you're going to be bleeding out. I don't mean that you're going to be in severe pain, but I mean that every day when you get up and you go to your office or you work from home or wherever you're doing your business, you're going to always have two choices. Uh, behind door number one is, do I do this thing that's really not going to get me the results that I need, but it's going to make me feel like I'm doing work? Or... Do I do the thing behind door number two that's harder, that I know is going to get me the results, but I don't want to do it? Okay, door number one, I'm going to talk about some of that stuff. Like, what are the things that people do every single day that aren't going to really move the needle in their business, but it's avoiding the pain, okay? Things like creating a website, things like setting up an LLC, things like how do I find a great accountant, things like, you know, fill in the blank. I think you kind of know where I'm going with this, right? All of these things, you could make an argument. It would be a bad argument. You would never win this argument with me. But you can make an argument that at some point you need to build a website. At some point you need to set up an LLC. At some point you need to find an attorney. At some point you need to find an accountant. At some point you need to update your logo. And mentally, you can check the box and say, I did work today. Now, if you're in front of me, I'm going to tell you that you didn't do work. You wasted your time. Because behind door number two is the stuff that you need to do. So if you have have a, um, a, a metric that says, I need one or two seller appointments per week, every fiber in your being needs to be focused on getting those one to two appointments per week before anything else. You want to set up a website? Do it after you get your two appointments. You want to create a new logo? Do it after you get your two appointments. But not before. Not before. So if you are looking every single week, hey, I need one or two or three or four seller appointments per week, whatever your goal is, and you are not doing it for whatever reason. You're either doing stuff behind door number one or you don't know how to generate those seller appointments. It's either one or the other. Okay. If you are doing what's behind door number one, the logo, the changing the color, the buying, you know, a, a, a hat, the changing of your team name, I there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can do. That is That you have to do on your own. You have to be self-disciplined. There's a book called Eat That Frog. Eat That Frog says, if you have to eat a frog every single day, and you have to, or you're going to die, the best time to do it is first thing in the morning. Why is that? Towards pleasure, away from pain. So when's the best time to be doing the hard stuff? First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, what is common to do? What is common to do? Check your phone. Check your email, try to set up a meeting with somebody, like try to do stuff that uh, it's not really going to get you the results, but it kind of feels like work. And I apologize. This is a very blunt and honest episode. I don't know any other way to be. I know that every single time I have these conversations with people, they will throw up tasks that I know are not important. And I tell them flat out that you're wasting your time. You're not going to get the results you want because I don't know how any other way to be. I'm always honest with everybody who's a listener. If you come to me with a task, with an idea, with an approach that I know for a fact won't work, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you that you're not going to get results. So, in my opinion, if you're the nine out of 10 agent that wants to get assets, doesn't have the money to buy the assets yet, needs to get big chunks of income, then your sole job is to get seller appointments. And your sole purpose after listening to this episode, is to figure out which of those strategies that we talked about today makes the most sense for you. This is where the inner circle comes in because you're going to have questions after listening to this episode. You're going to try to implement some stuff, whether it's door knocking or calling or building an agent referral network. That is where the one-to-one communication through the, the inner circle is necessary. That's why if you join the inner circle, you get 24-7, 365 access to me for questions. Why do I do that? Because the doers that are in the program reach out to me and they need help, and I want to give it to them immediately. If you are in the process of putting together a mailer and you have a question on it, I don't want you to have to wait a month, two months to get an answer. I want you to be able to open Facebook, open Facebook Messenger, send me a message, and get a message back that day. Okay, That's how the inner circle works. If you're listening and you're like, wow, maybe I don't love how truthful this conversation is, but I know it's what I needed to hear. And I feel like Tom and his team can help me get from point A to point B. And I know that if I had 24-7, 365 access to Tom, I could have a better chance of hitting my investing goals. The best thing to do is to schedule a time to talk at www.agent. Investor Inner Circle.com. Again, that's www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. When you go to that URL, www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com, it's going to take you to a booking link. All that you need to do is click on that booking link, select a time and a date that works for you, put it on your calendar, and you're going to get a Zoom link to jump on a call with me. We're going to talk about where you're at today like what type of investing you've done, if any, maybe none, what you've done on the retail side of your business, what what you've done on the agent side of your business, where you want to go one, two, five, 10 years into the future, and put together an action plan on that call on what you need to be doing. We will also talk about how to get into the inner circle if you're interested. There are free and paid ways to get into the inner circle, but at a minimum on that call, I'm going to treat it like a consulting session. I'm going to do my best to help you. 95% of the conversation is going to be me helping you. 5% of it is going to be me explaining what the benefits of the inner circle, if you're interested. Um, I encourage everybody who's listening, if you felt like you got good value out of today, to jump on that call. There's no fee to jump on. I'm not a pushy salesperson. I'm not really a salesperson in general. I'm more of of a nerd who... Loves the stuff, who's passionate about the stuff, who believes in creating you know win-win scenarios like the agent partnership program to help every agent invest in real estate, to help every real estate agent get off the real estate roller coaster. Everybody who's listening right now can do this. I am proof that everybody can do this. I started with no money. All that I had was was a desire to succeed and the willingness to do the activities necessary in order to get there. Having said that, it took me way longer than it will take you because I didn't really have too many mentors in the beginning phase of doing this. It took me six years to do my first investing deal. Why did it take me six years? Because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know what I was doing until I got a mentor in 2009 and I did my first deal within the next What was it? Probably three months, you know? And that was not an accident because I I finally figured out what I needed to be doing. So, having said all of that, um, I, I think that I know that this episode will resonate with most people who are on this call, who are listening to this. I know that because I have these calls every week. And again, what I said in this entire episode was a conversation that I typically have almost every single week with a few agents. And it's a conversation that I hope you take advantage of. I hope you implement some of these things that we talked about today. Um, I do 100% encourage every single person to join the inner circle. Like I said, there's free and paid ways to get in, completely free ways to join the inner circle. I would definitely recommend looking into it. All it is, it's a way to shortcut your success. You can try to do this stuff on your own. And I promise you, you will make more mistakes and it will take you longer than if you're working with us. Um, Having said all that, the last thing I want to mention is that each and every month we have events, in-person events that are free. We typically host them at hotels. Sometimes we host them at projects that we're completing. Uh, They're always in New England, at least for now. And we've been rotating around New England, um, trying to hit all the bigger cities in New England, cross them off the list you can always check doesn't matter when you're listening to this episode you can always figure out when our next event is by going to www.agentinvestorevent.com and let me tell you there is a lot to be gained by being there in person over just listening virtually. I understand that you know listening virtually, being on a podcast, a live stream, whatever is cool. It's way better to be in a group, being able to ask questions directly, being around other agent investors—I'm sure you've heard the the saying, "Proximity is power." Or you're the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. You will do bigger things and go further by being at in-person events than being on an island. So, having said all that, I appreciate all the people who have tuned in today. Been a bit since I recorded my last episode. I've been a little bit under the weather. Now that I've got four kids. It's, it's kind of tough. They're all in school. My youngest, Cole, who's three and a half, is now in preschool. So we've basically got four opportunities every single day for somebody to bump into somebody else, and um, I'm just finally feeling better. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll be back again next week for sure, and um, hope you got value out of this episode. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast, and especially Thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education strategies and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at AgentInvestor.com. Again, that's AgentInvestor.com.